0: Welcome and thank you for watching Comics and Pop-Tarts, soon to be a vodcast. But for now, it's still audio only. You're now listening to Season 3. I'd like to thank all of the 11-plus countries and listeners throughout the world for making this show what it is today. Because without you, this show would be nothing but a pile of pop poop. So thank you. From me, your host, Inevitable Mike, from limitless to inevitable and beyond. I appreciate you watching the show. And if you love the show, I would love, love for season three, year two of this beautiful podcast to be the year that I start interacting with all of you from around the world emails voice messages on the website at comicsnpop tartscom would be wonderful. I would also like to start doing giveaways and more. 2022 is going to be amazing. 2023 I would really like to exceed expectations. We had a wonderful season two, 30 brand new episodes, over 350 plus listeners added to season ones for a total of over 800 plus for the entire year of this podcast. I'd like to say happy anniversary to comics and pop tarts. It has been a celebration, not just for you, the listeners, but also for me as well. And this would not be possible without the many, many creators that have guested on the show to tell us about their incredible journeys and their awesome, awesome works of art projects, comics, films, We've had them all, even actors who have come on the show to talk about personal growth, development, things that people, quite frankly, need to hear. It was a fisticuffs kind of kind of show for a while. There are a few times where I go off and on. It's been a wild ride, really. In fact, so wild that what was supposed to be the worst year of my life actually ended up being one of the best. A little update on Wild Oni, the comic that I've been uh, developing and writing for almost a year now, is almost done and almost ready for a summertime release into the fall. I've um, edited on numerous projects out there and have been affiliated with comic companies such as Advent Comics, Limitless Comics, Super Serious Comics, Alpha Dog Comics, and Shawn, or SHP Productions, which is now SHP Comics. For all of those listening, you know I've worked for a company called Ink Studios, LLC, which rebranded and launched in the past two years. I've been... Uh, adamantly at work perfecting my craft, and I have worked on numerous projects. Um, the biggest project I've worked on so far is doing the copy for the campaign uh, just released, which I can now announce with Wesley Snipes with his new graphic novel project called The Exiled going to be an awesome graphic novel. The ads for it are killer. The ink team did an amazing job with the color and the tones and the entire imagery to match the story, which is going to be a (laughs) spine-tickling adventure. If you don't know what I mean, you can go to divergent.pub slash forward the exiled. Sign up today because... There's a free miniature involved, which focuses on Detective Roach Washington. It's an exciting, it's going to be an exciting graphic novel. It is very noirish, it is very violent, it is very graphic, it is very much a serial detective adventure for the comic ages. You'll want to back this campaign and God help this podcast. Maybe, just maybe, we can score Wesley Snipes as a guest on the show. The Daywalker himself. That would be exciting. For those of you who don't know, I've had a few superstars this past season. Probably most notorious, Justin Gray. Super excited to have him on the show. But we're not here tonight to talk about Justin. You can go listen to his episode at comicsandpomp-tarts.com. Don't forget to pick up his uh, Bleeding Pulp 2 out on Kickstarter, or you can just go to Spicy Pulp Comics on Facebook. Follow the links there to get a copy of your Spicy Pulp number one, and I'm sure two will be available on that outlet as well eventually, Um, including the notorious Um, well you'll find all his comics on there Um, spicy pulp is one of them so let's get into it tonight is a surprise solo episode by me your host inevitable mike thank you again for listening this is the anniversary everybody one year one year ago One year ago, I decided to start this little podcast to help a little comic book company reach a little audience, and um, unbeknownst to me, it would become this huge thing. I suppose fate, it's intertwined, my destiny revealed, met the right people, and here we are, you listening to me stand in front of a microphone, asking the world to give him what he wants. those of you who know what quote that movie is from. <laughs> Inside joke. Silent giggles for you, everybody. It's It's been a wild and crazy year, I won't lie. Um, it's been very difficult. I've had a lot of family, family intervention because it is tied to the dealing of the estate of my recently passed mother. Um, which i'm currently moving into um so it's been pretty incredible to still have all of this thing all of these things happen since um since things that normally would affect people on a emotionally impactful scale and prevent them from doing such set creative things Uh, not saying that anybody out there can't Um, but i am attempting to be a monument of inspiration as i find it passionately passionate assertive of me to find passion or to be passionate about things like comics and comic creators and people who take on filming endeavors and who are actors and who have all of these different skill sets to be in front of people being in front of people my entire life has been somewhat of a fear and I think this podcast has helped me conquer that fear And so this year I pledged to take on, um, how should we put this more swallowing topics, diving deeper into what has been revealed to me, a very cutthroat business. That's right. I said business in comics. Um, as fun as comics are to produce, and as fun as they are to make, and as fun as they are, period, it is. It is a lot of he said, she said, do this, structure that, I don't know, whiny baby, gossip, column, BS. Not everybody. Mm, probably speaking about 5% of the comics that I know personally, and we won't even get started on Comicsgate. I discovered that this year as well, um, but we'll dive into it one day because, you know what? You just can't avoid these things. I said it all last year, and I said it all first season. Let's not get political. Let's not get political, Michael. Michael. Yes, Michael? Why don't we get political? Well, political's a nasty word. <laughs> It's really just a word to describe how you feel about certain things happening, which let's not lie to ourselves. everybody likes to live their way their 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 way of life, their way right. That's why on the Mandalorian it's called this is the way and they wouldn't do that if they didn't believe that's what they want to do as much as the writers had envisioned them creating this kind of creed that just thinks that that's the way it is and nothing more but that's a choice right in the world building that's a choice doesn't have to be that way of course the series is unraveling about that how about those series kids miss marvel obi-wan moon knight spider-man sequel the batman let's not go there And, uh, of course, a movie I just recently watched, Morbius, which I got a few things to say about. And it is currently three o'clock in the morning, my time. And I just felt like coming in here and talking to you guys. Fresh hot off press the first day of year two. Season three is a solo update by Inevitable Mike. Hey, that's me. How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing great. I hope your lives are doing all right. I hope I've dropped a whole bunch of inspiration quotes and things to live by in last season and the season before. I think it's very important to be creative in any outlet, whether you are a fitness guru, whether you are someone who needs an outlet or hobby. Uh, reading is always a great outlet and a hobby. It's called comics. Pick one up. Um, I know the 392-page novella narrative can be a daunting, oh-so-gritty endeavor, but if you can ire the comic of 22 to 32 pages, sometimes 48 to 96, unless you're reading a graphic novel, then all bets are off. It really is just a page at a time. One panel, per panel, per page. Well, not one panel per page, you know what I'm saying? One panel at a time until you get to the next page. And then when you get bored of reading it, like I sometimes do, I look at the art first and then I go back and read it. That way it makes sense, right? Because you've already seen the images. So you go back. I usually read each comic I buy twice. Uh, One to make a pass on the visuals and then one to read it. I'll read a little bit while I'm looking at the art but sometimes I really look at every letter in like the sound effects because sometimes they're designed into the artwork itself. And it really just depends. But thank you guys again so much for making the first year pretty freaking awesome. Uh, we created four hubs. Towards the end of last season, I started a sub stack. I really would appreciate it if you went to comicsandpoptarts.substack.com and signed up for the newsletter. You can also listen to the podcast episodes there, but it's mainly just a newsletter for you to learn more about me, the adventures I go on with my family, my family itself, and sometimes personal opinions or personal projects, or sometimes I even throw some scripts in there and we talk about why I decided to write about it like Cats from Mars, which is currently being developed with the help of Q-Logic, the same team that has been revamping the Wild Oni comic after the split of me and my previous artist, who is going to get a fair amount of credit for the cover and also the original six pages that probably will be used in the preview that will be going out, hopefully, at KaijuCon in July here in Alabama. So, for all of you who listen in Alabama, you will find me at Geeks and Gamers for Kaiju I'll have a table there. Uh, John Lee Batard is one of my uh, newest good buddies, him and Brian King. I've released several games out over the years. One of them is a Kaiju game. I can't wait to play it. I hope I get the opportunity to. But I'll have some uh, inked Um incorporated books at the table as well as a preview so whatever you buy from the table you get a free preview and then uh, hopefully Wild Oni releases in the summer um, early fall stage of the year into 2023 which I hopefully hopefully will have issues two and three written ready to go by winter time when it's the slowest on campaign buildings to pick up again in the spring Um, I might couple issue two and three together and then um, by the time three and four are done I might just go ahead and wrap up five six seven and eight Um, a few years from now unless you know funds come through and just do a graphic novel probably should have waited to do a graphic novel give myself a good four five six years but uh Time is money, you know. I want my kudos now. I can't wait for the cookie jar later. So, that's the guido in me. Anyway, Italian over here. Sorry. Not sorry. Not really. Um, Really cool thing that happened this year uh, for this season was my um uh, cool web interview that I released on Substack with Carrie... Uh, Kim, sorry. Karen Sadia Dobo, Dor, Darbo. Um, she used to work for Skybound. Uh, she did the, one of the alternate covers for the first comic that I ever edited called Thirst. She's an amazing artist. Um, she does amazing with female um, anatomy, um, but she's got some pretty good interior work too, because if you read Judgment Day for the free comic book day this past month, um, before the summer hit, you'll notice that her co-created character, Bloodline, the, uh, the daughter of Blade, um, most of those interiors were hers. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, another female added to the roster of new heroes in the Marvel world, which hopefully we get a cinematic debut. Um, the Marshall Ali Blade movie seems to be taking its time over there at the MCU studios. We're not sure if that's strategic or not. Um pretty questionable. But I believe with the release of the video game uh, Midnight Suns, that there are some maybe nefarious media droppings that are going to come shortly after October. Um and of course, there's been talks of a film um, that might be heading for Disney Plus, uh, The Thunderbolts. Which, if you haven't watched Hawkeye and you haven't watched Winter Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Falcon on Disney Plus in the last couple of years, then you might want to go watch those because those might be the setup for a few things, uh, especially the Machine Wars, which. I don't know. They may or may not introduce a Silver Centurion, or at least the suit, because we're a few characters shy of the West Coast Avengers. Um, it's either going to be West Coast Avengers or it's going to be Thunderbolts. We don't know yet. Um, the U.S. Agent was a huge drop, and then, you know, well, you know, not a deep dive on that, basically going through everything, but... It was an exciting highlight of the year. I got to interview her, and we I take you inside of what it's like to kind of co-create the character at Marvel and what the process was like. Apparently, it's fairly easy, but when you have people that you vibe with and jive with in a publishing space, then, you know, it's, I guess, supposedly kind of easy. Um, there's that, so um, please go support the Substack, the newsletter. I'm going to be doing one every week. And then, of course, if I miss a week, it's going to be bi-weekly. Um, I'm actually about to drop a new uh, series on my blog, uh, which is funny. Started it off as a funny picture that I took from my nephew a few years back, and then I recently found it. And uh, while, funny story, while I was driving to the store, right, I pulled up my phone and I found this picture. It was in a notification that I posted for my nephew a few years ago. I jotted down dialogue and I was like, ha, a dinosaur driving a car. That was the picture. He's got this big blue dinosaur. It's called blue. It was actually my son's, but my nephew's got one just like it at his house, but it's like a different color. So I was like, how funny would it be if that big blue dinosaur behind the wheel of that car kidnapped somebody? And what if that somebody was a robot? And what if that somebody had a phone and was calling nine one one? Even better, what if that somebody was pretending to be a robot or identified as a robot as the joke, as the joke would have it, and um was in complete character, but the nine one one caller didn't know if they were being serious or not. In fact, when you read it, you won't know if they're being serious or not. So, I'm using the opportunity to turn this into like a six blog post series. Um, It's a little bit of a transmedia, but it's a story type deal. I might even turn it into a small children's book. We don't know. I've got a small children's book in development. It's about 32 pages written about the original Hercules story um, from the book of Thebes, which is more accurate historically to the Greek Piperuses. Uh, that are recorded Um, for a a lot of you that don't know the wrestler John Morrison actually played in a B-list movie called Hercules um, which tells the tale of Hercules as you all know him from Disney and then again from the 1990s series that crossed over with Xena Warrior Princess for those of you who are my age and live in America I don't know if Xena made it to Ireland or the UK so forgive me that wasn't a shot at your nationality, I promise. There are loads of TV shows, I'm sure. I'm still mad we never got Japanese Spider-Man. So don't take it personal. Because he drove cars and he wielded big mechs. So I bet you there's like a crossover with Voltron out there and the Power Ranger swords that we don't even know about. Um, but yeah. So it's been an exciting year. I just kind of got to thinking, uh, what's going to happen in the next year? What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about comic books. Things from comics to adaptations in the film world and the TV world. That's never going to change. I'm going to do more solos. I kind of tapered off towards the end of the summer, um, end of the spring. It just wasn't viable uh, at the time to do a whole lot of solos, so I apologize. Um, I know a lot of my solos are popular with you listeners out there um, because I talk about things that are relevant. Um, and I do plan to get more grittier and more myself. A lot of it's been FCC this and FCC that because I want to show... To eventually get to that level where I have to worry about FCC things. Um, So I've bought up a lot of books. I've been reading up on it. And I want it to be bigger. I want bigger shows. Um, My friends over there at 3 Alarm Comics is a sister store to the stash. And uh, I've talked about using their live studio and bringing Ming on the show. Which would be pretty cool. Huge fan of Ming. I uh, envy his lifestyle. And uh, of course his friendship with Kevin. Who is pretty much my writing idol. I loved his run um on so many different things. Daredevil uh, is one of them. Um uh, Green Arrow is another. I, I really liked um his contribution to uh to Azrael and uh, Batman. That was pretty was pretty stellar. Um but of course all the other all the other projects that he's written uh, including a, a few funny ones. And then, uh, of course, he, he broke out this year that they were opening their own publishing label, too, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I think we have different writing styles, but for the most part, we're pretty honed in on what makes us, you know, writers. Um, he's got his own style. I have mine, uh, obviously, which I hope people love when they read Wild Oni because it's a, it's a story of vengeance. And um, realizing your self worth, which seems to be a huge relevant theme uh, at this point in my life, uh, being a father and being, you know, taking the baton, so to speak, when the head of your family passes away, which, if you're Italian, you will know that it is a pretty important role um, because we believe in family values so much. Now, I'm not. One hundred percent Sopranos Italian, you know, from New I am Catholic, right? But I am still proud of my heritage. Uh, I really wish I could put that instead of Caucasian when they ask for my ethnicity, but uh, that's I don't I don't know. They got to speak to my senator or governor or something like I said, it's been an exciting year. Those are the kind of things I want to look forward to. Of course, we want bigger guests. We want more topics, maybe more reviews. Just got done watching Morbius. That was pretty exciting. I don't get where people are saying that it sucks. Now, granted, as a writer and as a two-year veteran, well, I'm, I'm going to say this, as a six-year veteran of reading scripts, and I'm, I've read scripts on all levels, anywhere from four, three to, gosh, I don't know, 274 pages, right? And understanding the story and structure the way I know it. I can tell you that there are some scenes where they were literally just designed to move the story forward. They had no substance they had no grit they had no presence and they had no purpose other than what they were supposed to do that's kind of sad because it feels like they shoved all of these things in in 144 minutes or in an hour and 40 an hour and 44 minutes right which is about 90 plus minutes long almost about 120 minutes i think Yeah, give or take. Give or take. Um, if you haven't watched Morbius, um, I'm sorry. Season three. We gotta talk about it. Cause I just watched it. You know. Um, spoilers. That's where I was going with that. Um, but shame on you if you haven't watched. If you know we're planning to watch it and you wanna you wanna be you want to be a jerk, right? You want to be a sheeple, and you want to listen to Rotten Tomatoes and all the other naysayers and whiners and crying babies out there. Well, you know that's that's your problem. So I'm going to talk about it. Great VFX. I don't get off. I don't. I don't know where people get off saying that. Oh, the VFX wasn't wasn't nothing. It was. Oh, it wasn't even as good as Transformers. I'm like, what are you talking about when Michael Bay made that? It was probably the best VFX that we had in ever, right? I think I think people have grown too used to the way things are now with VFX that they haven't really done anything different and so the expectations are trapped in this constant loop of needing to see more and more and more and more. Well, I got news for you. As for all of all of you listeners out there around the world, if you continue to expect the supply and demand chain to supply and demand more and more and more each year, the increase eventually bottoms out and a few of us are going to have to die before we see a real change because the, you know, younger viewers out there haven't seen what we know to be pretty normal, right? Right. So they'll wait a few years, wait for a few of us to die off, shave down the generations, and then boom. All looks to sense. It's all great. It's the best we've ever seen, they say, says the next generation. But I think people are just picking on the movie. I think a lot of it's just crowd bias, right? You get into those comments where you don't want to be the only person in the comments like the only person in a room when you question the president because you're questioning the president and you're the only person that has the question right like you don't want to be that person i'm sorry if you identify as that person for anybody out there who has a problem with being called a person um so i don't i don't get where people like and, and I don't like it when people say, oh, well, you have no expertise in VFX, so you can't talk about it. And I'm like, well, I have the Internet, so I can just go read about it. Then I can talk about what I presumably know because I found it on the Internet, even though you can't always believe what you found on the Internet. So let's chalk it up to how about you tell me what how it made you feel, and I'm going to tell you how I made it feel. And I don't have to convince you, and you don't have to convince me. And then we just talked about something that was... Totally irrelevant, relevant, right? Bygones be bygones and whatnot. It was a good movie. Um, The look and feel was pretty great. But let's be honest, it was an origin story. Why Sony chose Morbius is beyond me. We're just going to jump straight to the cutscenes. But before we jump to the cutscenes, I'm going to go ahead and give a quick break. We're going to do a live read here in the middle of the show. And... um, I'll stay tuned. Is this thing on? Oh, okay, cool. Well, thanks for listening. You beautiful listeners out there to another episode and the first episode of a season three. Thank you. I'm your host, Inevitable Mike, telling you that if you would love to make something and crowdfund it on any platform you can think of, then the only team you need is the team of crowdfunding Avengers, a team of creators, four creators, that has experience across multiple disciplines in the creative entertainment industry from marketing, to film, to voice acting, to animation, to audio and engineering. We have it all. All you need to do is go to inkpub.com, check out our gallery. Some of our biggest clients, like Monty Michael Moore, Justin Gray, most recently, Wesley Brick and Snipes. The Daywalker himself has even said he thinks ink. So head on over to our contact page, fill it out, send a quick message, and then uh, we call you and we give you the Ink Solutions Guide. Which will be your bedrock your footprints in the sand to whatever project it is you have on your mind that you would like to crowdfund and then we help you take care of the rest so go to inkpub.com look at our gallery see what we have to offer and um don't forget keep creating Man, so what was I saying? That's right. The end credit scenes in Morbius, right? Okay. So again, spoilers for all of you know the people out there who haven't watched the movie. It's on Amazon Prime. You can rent it for six bucks, or you can buy it for twenty. You can get it on UH UHD. You can buy it on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. Watch it on your phone these days, people. There's really no excuse. So. Out of respect. Spoilers for the naysayers. Even if you don't want to hear about it. Anyway. So the end credit scenes. And this is weird. So everybody remembers. The um, No Way Home sequel to Spider-Man. Displaced a lot of people. And at the end credit scene for that movie. We got a few snippets of Eddie Brock. With Venom. Talking crap. Obviously in Hawaii. And, now uh, as soon as he figures out he wants to do something, boop, the movie's over and he goes back to where he was. I'm perplexed about one thing in the credits, right? So in the end credits for Morbius, a news anchor lady comes on with VO. They do a report and apparently, um, the villain from the first Spider-Man, uh, spacing on his name, so I'll just say it. the vulture just appears randomly in an empty cell and then is just released. So what I'm trying to say is what am I trying to say? Oh that's right because I'm perplexed so I'm a little confused. Why is Sony trying to tell us that there is a Spider-Man in the Venom verse, because Morbius is in the Venom verse, which I'm going to describe it as the Venom Verse, because that's their staple player, right? That they, they decided to start with Venom and they shared they shared Spider-Man with Marvel. I think the deal was Marvel would help Sony if Sony helped Marvel first. We I think I think they took a chance on Morbius, right? I believe. It came out with a lot of balls because the girlfriend, marine she comes to live at the end. Um, I don't think Michael Morbius knew that his bike can do that. I think after he exsanguinated her um, of her blood, after she was killed by his friend Milo, that he thought that was her end. Of course, I'm a little perplexed on why he left her on the roof of that really colorful skylight in that really tall city in Manhattan. Don't know um but yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things going on there so we got venom he's already in there because you know he breaks that black dude's hand in the in the drug in the drug lab and he's like venom um when he got his he's got his own vampire face on and stuff and then uh the vulture appears out of nowhere and ends up meeting the the michael morbius at the end At the end of the movie, right? In the middle of the desert, which I'm going to assume is somewhere in the west, right? Because there's no deserts. There's no deserts in New York that I know of. I just can't believe that. Too much Manhattan. Too much Manhattan Bay out there. Okay. Too many swells, too many rivers. And you get the Great Lakes over there, way, wee, way, wee, 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 west, southwest of New York. So there's a lot of river systems and stuff. Of course, then you got like the Niagara Falls that goes all the way. So you got you got lots of channels. So I just I just can't believe that. So um, they're probably on the west coast. Makes sense, I guess. Weird. Uh, I do believe. I remember. Eddie's saying that they probably needed to move out of New York or something in Venom versus Carnage. I can't remember. Um, which would kind of make sense. We'll see. Um, here's another thing: there's no Doctor Strange. Um, because if there was, and there was a vampire in Manhattan, Doctor Strange literally lives down the street. So, boom. Uh, which kind of makes me feel that in the sequel, um, Doctor Strange. Okay, so this this kind of ties into Multiverse of Madness. Again, spoilers if you haven't seen it, shame on you. I don't even think it's playing in theaters unless you got one of those busted-down, broken $1 theater tips or $1 theater ticket ticket things going on in your hometown. Or if you're lucky enough to have Jones Park in Bolton-Gulfport, they might play it for free on a Friday night. Bring the kids, probably not to that movie because uh, it was a little rated R. But quick quick dash, so... um to give you a little bit of insight. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Um, so, Doctor Strange kind of has to do with the fallout of his <coughs> excuse me <coughs> spell, right, that he cast for Spider-Man. And he pretty much causes an event, right? The Illuminati find out uh, about it and they kidnap him from his timeline and he's got to fix it. But, uh they're Pretty scared of, um, the other Dr. Strange who they had to kill, right? That's right. Eliminated so often. Anyway, in that world, no Dr. Strange. So what if that world with no Dr. Strange is the Morbius with the Vulture now from the first Spider-Man movie, um, same Spider-Man universe that Dr. Strange was a part of, still a part of, I think, um, yeah so you see how I could be a little, a little confused. and uh vultures like I think a lot of us could team up and do some good, which kind of hints at the uh, sinister six. Um, so, oh, also, also here's something to think about. I don't believe Mysterio is dead, right? Um, there was no um there was no facts or scenes expended on the body of Mysterio. It was just a video released by James, James Jameson about Spider-Man being the murderer of Mysterio. But in that movie, which was the second film, um, Mysterio is a alternate dimension fighting. Um, turns out that he used the drones to create these extravagant illusions and um kind of set himself up so i mean it's kind of tied to the tony stark legacy but at the same time you had the scroll there impersonating nick fury who's supposed to open secret wars and i kind of feel like that stuff's kind of going to towards secret wars which is why we're getting a lot of new people because we need some of these new younger avengers to to add to that storyline but it's just strange. They've planted all these seeds. Morbius wasn't the greatest movie, but it wasn't a horrible movie and not a lot of substance aside from all the multiverse stuff going on, uh, which leads me to believe um, it's it's a huge thing because at the, at the beginning of the movie, and I know I'm all over the place, it had this one scene where he gets off an helicopter and he goes to the beginning of the cave and is like, oh, bats, and the bats fly out, and he's holding his hand out. And it's like, mm, nom, 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 I'm not afraid. Right? And they treat him like, but then it says 25 years earlier. So when we get to the end of the movie in the cutscene, I believe it's 25 years later. And I believe it explains why Michael Morbius would meet up with such somebodies like the Falcon or not Falcon, but the vulture, because a lot happens in 25 years and he's kind of had to live with it. And he even said it himself in the film. If I go red, I can't go back. I'd rather die than go red. And he went red as soon as he bit the girlfriend. So, which is kind of confusing. So why would Maureen come back to life? Eh, I don't know. We'd have to revisit the comics. And that's just information I haven't looked up yet. Um, so if there's anybody out here. in the uh, podcast waves on the other side of this, you know, microphone. Listening. If you got anything to say about what Morbius is like in the comics and kind of, if they pulled anything from the comics that might reveal some light on Marines um, role that they don't explain, email me. Uh, You can get there or fill out a contact on the webpage. We'll talk about it and we'll do a deep dive in it. Maybe if I can get somebody out here to feed me some info on it. And if I don't look it up myself. It was just kind of strange because they're like, oh, we're going to get a sequel. Oh, and by the way, Sinister Six is coming, which is weird. They always interchange those casts because in like the Insomniac Spider-Man game, the Sinister Six had Mr. Lee in it, and Mr. Lee was created by Norman Osborn when he was trying to come up with the the cure to save him, his wife, or not him specifically, but his wife and um, eventually his son. So I guess it was genetic which creates the Green Goblin, so we all know we're getting the Green Goblin and Venom in the next Insomniac Spider-Man game. But the Sinister Six in that one was made up of Vulture, Electro, Rhino, Scorpion. Um, of course, Norman Osborn wasn't the Green Goblin, but he was kind of the Green Goblin. But um, it was uh, Mr. Lee and then Otto Octavius, who was really the the ultimate villain in that, in that game. And of course, you know, thanks to Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Strange sequel, we don't have an Otto Octavius in the Venom and Morbius. So there has to be, and this is where I was getting at when I say I was perplexed. There has to be another Spider-Man where the vulture ended up. And I don't know. And then the reason I say that is because Venom went to the universe that um that Spider Man was in, right? Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but didn't go to, didn't go to um, Tobey Maguire's universe because that spider, that Venom had already died. Now, let's be honest. I think, I think our original Venom in that one couldn't be saved. So that kind of erased that blemish. And then there was no, there was no Venom in the amazing Spider-Man, but what if, Right? What if there was? There has to be a Spider-Man. There would be no reason to have a Sinister Six without a Spider-Man. So there has to be another Spider-Man. Unless unless they're gonna create and thanks to Loki, this is wide open now, a variant of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Right? There's a lot of speculation, there's a lot of multiversal bum-intrusive things happening there, right? Thumb off the closed fist. Pop on that one. But overall, Mobrius was a pretty good movie. Lots of cool VFX fight scenes. And uh, pretty much just, there was a lot of substance. It was about a man trying to cure him and his best friend and so they could conquer the world as normal people, right? Overcoming the crutch, but he created a problem. And then he had to solve that problem. And then, of course, he found out between him and his friend on who was the most fearless. And unfortunately, the fear fear or fear not the falling. And Milo fell. You now, he was he was killed with the serum he designed to inject himself, which was the poison uh, designed to infect and invade the anticoagulant serum that turned him into the living vampire known as Morbius, who just cut the Michael off the front of it how rude Um, I like the name Michael it's the one I've had all my life so that's my take on Morbius lots of information lots of speculation lots of implication there right and it's um. wish we could talk about more as far as series goes but I believe that's all I really want to spend on talking about new things. Oh, it's, it's been difficult this, this past year. I know I talked about you know, being a hero or uh, a source of inspiration. But I think given the circumstances of everything that's going on, Self-reflection has revealed to me that it is time for me in my life at this point to know my self-worth. Now you have to sit back and think for a minute. Because this is a part of the show that gets really, really personal with your So, If you've got any meaningful pictures or if you're looking into a mirror like I am right now, you probably want to like fold it away, fold it down. I'm just playing. I don't. I don't really care. Um, no, it's 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 a funny concept. Self self worth, self value. What do they mean? Why do we need to know what they mean? And how does it affect us? It affects us irrevocably. I mean, it has to. It's impactful. If you don't think you're worth it, you wouldn't go out for it, right? And this is where I envy a lot of athletes, right? Because a lot of Uh, Successful athletes had things like supportive, supportive families, um, people who wanted to put themselves or push their children out of poverty, like the American dream that they chose, put them in, right? Um, uh, And this this goes for like football players, baseball players, MMA fighters, you know, uh, athletes, anything athletic, even Olympians, right? Uh, And even Olympians don't make that much money. Oh, excuse me. It is almost bedtime. Three forty-five in the morning. What's up? It's haunting hour. Um, uh, because and I envy athletes because they have they have the mental fortitude. Because somebody told them, don't think about that. So many times that they literally didn't think about that. They didn't think about how they looked or how they felt when they ran into a competition, when they ran for a competition, when they participated for something, when they went out to win a team, uh, including actors who are also athletic. And you basically have to be an athlete when you are an actor, given the roles that you want, depending on the roles that you want. um, Because you you have to do a gauntlet, run marathons, things like that. It's crazy. That they have what seems to be fearless and maybe fear motivates them maybe maybe it's validation and validity maybe it's the need to feel successful that drives them um, I don't wish for the off trade of that but I do wish for the byproduct that they create in that thought process as everything is a matter of speculation and perspective correct Uh, Even when it comes to designing and writing comics, you have to think about it visually and you have to go for it. And it's literally a mental obstacle that it is a physical obstacle. But there's a physicality to writing and drawing for artists and writers because we do spend so much time sitting down. So if you are an artist or a writer and you're not being physically active, then you might want to take care of yourself better. Um, That was a rant getting off topic. It's important to have self-worth and know your value. And this is, these are, these are very not high concept topics of, of business and personal growth, but these are topics that I'm finding are very passionate about because these are the things that make you get out of bed and go hold a sign in front of an abortion clinic for 18 hours straight, right? Right. And I'm just using as example. I really don't care if you're in front of an abortion clinic or if you're inside the abortion clinic. That's your business. My point is, my point is this. If you don't know your self-worth, how can you ever expect anybody you're talking to, or doing business with, you're seeing romantically, or you're married to, to respect you or understand who it is you are? And that's what I figured out so far. That's about the extent of where I've gone from this limitless personality to this inevitable human being that I've evolved into and grown in over the last year. Now, the reasons for these values, that's kind of a given. It's always valuable, right? A story, it impacts people's lives. That's that's obvious. I've made it um, not a game, to reveal my motives and intentions when it comes to podcasting and writing. And then to impact people's stories with meaningful stories, meaningful being, if it matters to me, then it will matter to you or whoever reads it. And I will try not to be sensible about what that is because I don't restrict feelings or thoughts. If you allow things, to be, they will be. Even if you tried to control what they would be, they will still be. That's a lesson you can take home. Put at the top of your bookshelf and stare out proudly. It'll never get old because you will always forget that. Absolutely. And uh, these are some of the things I'm thinking about as I go forward with the podcast, as I go forward with what I want this podcast to be about and how it's going to impact the listeners, that would be you. And um, how can I make this more personable? How can I make this more of a resource for not just comics, but also for personal growth? If there's something climactically happening in your family, say a death. I'll use myself as an example again, because for some reason I can't help but passively mention the death of my mother to as many people as possible. That might be my cry for help. We don't know because I don't see a physical therapist. I think about things in the shower. That is where I do my best thinking. But let's use the death as an example. If you have things in your life, there is science that provides support to theories that say and state that emotions have frequencies of energy, right? This is proven uh, most notoriously with the study of ice cubes and sound, right? Bad sounds hurts that are lower and some, some that are slightly higher. Cause weird designs, patterns, chaotic webs of just nutty chaos stuff. Whereas finer, less coarse, more profound sounds create beautiful patterns like uh, snowflake style patterns, geometric shapes that make sense, not chaos. They're organized. And that's the same way our thoughts are. So when there's something personally... Afflicting You in your life it is impossible to focus and I believe that is that is something everybody struggles with uh, even creators like money Michael Moore Justin Gray and I'm sure Wesley Snipes has had a few steps along the way in his career and that's that's no pun intended really uh, very serious voice right now ladies and gentlemen very serious voice all all joking matters aside, it's just something that I wanted to share with you all that I'm going through. It's, it's self-reflection as a process that I have thought about every day. I think about something every day. Sometimes I wake up and I'm mad and I just feel defeated right out of the gate. That's not fair to myself because it's important to know where my self-worth and where my self-value lies and how I measure it and how I how I explain this to people and how I explain um, and how I show this to others so they know how to consider me either part of the pack or part of the herd. And, of course, you never want to be part of the herd because then you wouldn't be part of the pack that hunts the herd, right? Uh, For all of these who who didn't get it. And that's kind of the serious topic of the show that I really wanted to get to, aside from the Morbius review. And, um, you know, I just want to make meaningful things that you guys love, you guys relate to, listen to, want to listen to. And things that motivate you, power you through that short story you've been having a problem with or that damn painting that you just can't seem to get just the way you want it. Maybe you should just let it be. Um, do what Stephen King does and put your story in a drawer and come back to it in two weeks. Write something new because you just need a win. Your self-worth, your self-value is more to that. Give yourself these things. Give yourself grace, as my sister would say. Give yourself a pass. It's not It's not neurotic. And it's not procrastination when you move on to the next thing and come back. It's only procrastination if you move on to the next thing and never come back. Remember that. That's important. Especially with somebody who writes so many, so many short stories, right? So this new season, I would love to hear more from you fans all across the country um if we can get to 1000 uh, i'll try to figure out some type of digital giveaway maybe um hopefully if you listen into this i would really love for you to sign up either for the substack newsletter or the website newsletter for the podcast which comes directly to your email when a new episode releases um, it's it's the fastest way to to listen to me you even get there before the website generates the link um, which is usually about 8 hours before the show posts itself so um, that would be awesome cuz i got some exciting things in store as far as like as far as the podcast goes but even more so as the writer and editor that i am i'm always working on something um, it's how I sharpen my my skills and stay ahead of the curve. Um, collaborate, talk, attend whatever you can. Always, man, always be looking for opportunities. It's going to be an exciting season three. This is just the beginning, and I hope you found it as enjoyable and impactful as I did talking to you about it tonight. And if I sound a little delirious, it's because I've had two monsters. And I've been up since 11 o'clock yesterday, and it is Wednesday now. So, welcome to the Comics and Pop-Tarts podcast. I'm your host, Inevitable Mike. From Limitless to Inevitable and beyond, this podcast is your number one home for everything comic-y. It's not too crazy. It's not too zany. It's just a little brainy. It's not Pinky in the brain. But it's everything that's in mine. So thank you for listening to another wonderful episode. The first episode of Season 3. I hope to see you this weekend. Well, I hope to hear your lovely voices. Or I hope you're... Wanting to hear my lovely voice Saturday as we drop two brand new episodes to celebrate season three. I'm so excited that you are still part of the show. You are very much the reason and success has made this show what it is today. I could not have gotten where I am without you. Thank you so much for the bottom of my heart, for giving me this purpose and uh, for listening. Everybody needs someone to listen to, and everybody needs someone to talk to, and I hope I can do at least that for a lot of you. I'm an a mic. like it is almost four o'clock in the morning. I am going to bed signing out again. Thank you so much. Please stay positive. Keep creating. Never give up. Know your worth and your value. Good night, everybody.